Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. I welcome in my co-host, as always, Gerard Barrera. We also welcome in our long-lost Mouseketeer, Theo Wolski. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, guys. How you doing, Theo? Doing pretty good. How you fellas doing? You know, oh, another day, another dollar. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two days off. Now I got to go back to work for a day and then have a three-day weekend. So. I mean, we need that money for those games, right? <laughs> yeah, All we'll talk games. about how much our wallets are going to be hurting here in a minute with our uh, the news from the day. Um, so, kind of give everybody a background. Theo is part of our uh, yearly E3 group that we always go to. Um, I've known Theo since what, 2012, Theo? Ooh, I don't even know. Pro- probably at least. Oh. Yeah, that sounds about right. At least seven <laughs> you know, years. Working on the desk. So. So let's get right on into the news because there's quite a bit that this week has given us. Um, this was a good week. Yes, it was oh, yeah. absolutely from both a movies and a gaming perspective. We're going to start off on the movie side with all the 80s kids got that big surprise that had been rumored. But we finally got the Ghostbusters trailer, albeit it's a teaser trailer uh, due out summer 2020. Uh, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman. Uh, his son is going to direct it, and he did state it's going to take place in the original Ghostbusters universe. How are you guys taking that? How are you guys feeling on that? I think it's been a long time coming. Um, uh, as, as you know, I'm Theo and I are huge movie buffs, and uh, as a huge movie buff, Ghostbusters is straight up my childhood, I think, with all of us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first heard the news of an upcoming Ghostbuster movie. There were so many rumors back then. This was like, this is pretty much when the, the all girl cast was coming out. Mm -hmm. There was going to be an animated movie. There was going to be an all girl cast. There was going to be like the, uh, the original cast doing their own movie or um, like even, I I think there was a rumor that like men in black was going to make a cross universe type of thing. So like we ended up getting the, all girl cast, which I was fine with. I enjoyed that movie. I can see why it had its ups and downs. Um, for me, it this, wasn't the for me it wasn't the all female cast. It was the story. The story it just felt like they were trying to force a reboot and try and tie it into the old universe. Yeah, and yeah. I think but they you can, but you can totally tell it was it was totally separate because they had the original cast and they all played different characters and different people, you know? Yeah. So that was the one thing that I hit. I think that hit home with a lot of like old school fans. Um, but with, with this news, I'm, I'm even more excited to where I, like, I really don't know where I don't, I don't care where it's going to go as long as it does have the original cast and somewhat of a relative like semblance of a story to the old Ghostbusters universe. Um, I'm very open and and very inviting to just this whole new movie. I can't wait. Well, back in 2015, the whole reason that we didn't get the original movie was because uh, Bill Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, um, all of them, you know, for uh, Harold Pass and stuff like that, they had been working on it. Um, Ernie Hudson, they could never agree on anything. 
And part of it was Bill Murray. He didn't like the script. He didn't like the story. So for this to be happening now, I think all of them are going to be on board to some degree. Um, I hope so. Rumor came out today was that it's going to be kids roughly in their teens. Um, and that it involves a family moving out to the middle of nowhere to get away from something. So it makes me wonder if we aren't going to see something like Bill Murray's character moving the family out or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see where it goes from there. Um, my prediction is that they're probably going to show up at like either the middle or the end of the movie and like, Hey, this is how the, you know, the equipment actually works and they teach them or something like that. Possibly just from your, from your description of, of like what the movie is going to be about. That's my prediction. I mean, if, if your prediction's right, I would not be excited for something. I, like I kind of would be disappointed too. I kind of want like a full fledged, like I want the whole cast to be there. I, I, I definitely want it to be a continuation, but still hits home to where it's introducing this next generation of movie watchers into what we enjoyed with Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Cause like the Ghostbusters with the female cast, it was a nice concept, but how they told their jokes just didn't hit home with me with how Ghostbusters one was yeah. classic comedy. It was definitely not to where it was like trying to hit punches or really trying to be obvious. It was just a little bit slapstick <clears throat> That's what I like, and that's what I want to really want to see from this ghost, Ghostbusters. I mean, well, given that they're like both both movies had SNL SNL staff, and I think that shows generationally. Like the first movie with Bill Murray and Aykroyd, like I th- I think the comedy was very different, and like you said, the 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 um all girl cast was a little bit more slapsticky, but that's also because those, um, you know, the, the Kate McKinnon and, and, uh, I forgot. Uh, oh, and, uh, who, uh, Kristen Wiig, like they're very, you know, they're slapsticky, but they also can do different comedy, but they, they definitely chose the, the more like out there comedic, like slapstick route where I guess it, it you know, it didn't work for them, but it I, like, that was just a little tidbit. Like, I think generationally it shows the the comedy that we truly appreciate. And that was like back then with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Hel- Harold Ramis, like, cause it was a true movie to me. The first, the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, another trailer that we got uh, actually dropped today was a John Wick three trailer, which I know both of you guys are excited for. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. Uh, myself, which I now promise I will go back and watch one and two. Uh, <laughs> you got your we, homework. <laughs> right. oh. uh, but what's your guys impression of the John Wick three trailer setting aside doing a sword fight on motorcycles? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, what I love about this franchise is that one, they're always building up this character of John Wick while keeping his backstory a mystery. Because you're learning new things about him, more about his network of within the assassins world, but you still don't know how he became, who he is as this legend. Every the movie, entire story. every yeah, movie, such you an never underlying know. theme. Every movie. And the best thing about this is that they step up their game with the 
uh, fight scenes and methods and <laughs> the cinematography. It just looks fantastic. The I was really impressed with like the gunfights that they did in John Wick Two, with how fluid everything is, and then I figured that would be hard to top. But like you said, there's sword fights on motorcycles. <laughs> not how to mention does somebody come up with that. <laughs> not to mention you know, and not to mention uh, horseback. You know, John Wick is on horseback as as well. You know, uh, you know, there's more. Animal integration too. Like uh, there was, there uh, there's a fight scene where John Wick and Halle Berry are going through like this corridor, and Halle Berry sends two of her dogs <laughs> to to get to get co- or to give her cover. I mean, it's just so crazy that like, yeah, you're right. How can you top every movie? But they do it in such a way where it's like, I could totally see that, and it's cool. I mean, that's what they built this universe so well and it, it, like so descriptive to where like you can, you, you can just go in and enjoy it. And I, that's why I love these movies. Yeah. On top of that, like what I love about that, that they push the limits of reality with it, but they still make it to where that you could pretty much believe that it is possible to do what's going on in the movies. Yeah, because it's so it's so underground. Everything's underlying in the like underground and 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 behind the scenes of the real world. So therefore, you can be a little playful with that, which is so it, it's kind of laughable. But when you're watching the movies, you're just like, that would be so cool. Maybe that is true. Like, oh, that could happen, you know. And it's just yeah, it, it's all done so well. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been. I have always forever been a huge Keanu fan just based on like the type of person that I keep hearing that he is. So like, I will, f- I forever always go see his movies, no matter well, what movie. Jerry, you know, one of my favorite movies. I've got the search or I've yeah. got the t-shirt and stuff for it and everything. I, I absolutely love Bill and Ted's, um, you know, maybe eventually we'll get a third one. You know, him and Alex Winters keeps hinting at That's, a third there's one. A rumor. There's a rumor going it, around. Yeah. And it's getting stronger. Hasn't um, that rumor been around for like a couple years now? Like the script was already started like two years ago. It died off. And then uh, about three months ago, it really all of a sudden gained some huge steam because Keanu and Alex Winters both said it was going to happen. Uh, in an interview. They were both in together interview. in an interview. Yeah. yeah. It I was think- a... I think Winners joined him when he was doing a when Keanu was doing a press checking for like I think that that uh what was it? that destination wedding around that time when yeah. that movie came out. I actually didn't catch that one. That's the one with um Winona Ryder. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That one looked pretty funny. So moving on to another sequel we got yet another trailer for this week, Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, in the trailer, Ooh, yeah. yep. In the trailer, we get to see a couple of new things. Spoilers, um, guys. Spider Man lives. Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man lives, guys. Well, but I mean, <laughs> do we know that for sure? Oh yeah, it's definitely. This is definitely after the oh. the whole incident. Or Was that confirmed though? Because I mean, I, from my under- from what it looks like, is I think this is taking place before Avengers. 
Because, I mean, Homecoming was definitely supposed to be, or it was right after Civil War, but before everything else. You're absolutely right, because the beginning of Infinity War, he was on a bus with the class, so they could have been coming back from... From You're right. Trip. You're absolutely right. That that all of that could have happened before. Because here's the other thing is, is that in the trailer, we know Nick Fury kind of hijacks the trip in the middle of the hotel room. And yeah. he's like, hey, you know, it's nice to finally meet you. So I think that given the, the events and everything, unless there's some sort of time travel involved with uh, Endgame, it's. You know, with the last movie, I think it's going to be. I think this one probably takes place before it. Um, we did see a new spider suit in the trailer. Two, saw uh, two. two actually, two actually, yes, yeah. There was that uh, black and red with the web for the flight. Uh, I think the, I think that was a a, a much darker blue. Yeah. Oh, is it a much darker? Yeah. Blue? Yeah. It's it's okay. it's similar to the suit he's got hanging in his room when he leaves. But then there's also the stealth suit. Which yep. is more of an ode to the Spider-Man um, Noir, noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Earth, what nineteen thousand or whatever it is. Um, so I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how they play out Mysterio in this, and I think Jake Gyllenhaal I think is perfect for Mysterio. Oh yeah, absolutely. He yeah, is I, great I totally at agree. having a comic relief. He knows how to adapt to what he's doing. He's just a great actor, and I think he's a great pick for Mysterio. Yeah, I, I just one yeah. Once again, I think Marvel has found another diverse character uh, character actor to bring one of their villains or or heroes alive. You know, um, obviously Mysterio's a villain, but I'm just saying, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was a is a great choice. And uh, yeah, he has such a diverse cred- credit of of films that he's done. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's going to do a great job, and he looks amazing. I mean, talk about comic book like Dude, that suit close like that. The suit that is cool, like, straight detail, out of the comic book. Yeah, it, is. it looked amazing. Yep. Yeah, and it looks like the whole orb is like a retractable or even possibly. Mm-hmm part of the magic illusion. Cause you see it kind of like show up and then go. So I'm like, I don't know if it's retractable or if it's going to be part of the like illusion, um, like well, depending manipulation on, powers that, uh, that Mysterios has. Cause it's all technology. And depending on which comic book era <laughs> you're looking at, whether it's amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, you know, those, the ultimates and stuff like that. One of Mysterios costumes during those phases was just a, the helmet that appears and disappears. It's that optical illusion from the theater. Um, oh, that's so I'm definitely cool. looking forward to that part. Um, well, I'm yeah, not, you're, if you're going to get a star like that, you're going to, you're going to figure something of, of that nature out. Yeah. Cause you, you're not going to have Jake Gyllenhaal wear an orb, you know, for <laughs> an hour and a half, two hour movie. Right. But, but with the topic of Mysterio being a villain, I felt that from the trailer that they were starting to kind of play him off as starting as a good guy, that this was like almost kind of they're trying to play at whatever happens to him in the movie. That's what starts him out as a villain. No, I think I think this is Mysterio trying to play play off a whole uh, syndrome, i.e. Incredibles thing. I think all those all of those are illusions that he's basically manifesting to say, hey, I'm a hero. 
All right, I like that theory. That's a good theory because, because, if you think because about I do it, question the, the trailer because there's a uh-huh. snippet in the trailer where you see him fight a giant, like, water like yeah. demon, whatever, a water monster. Right. And I was like, but, but I thought Mysterio was, like, making those. So it was like, yeah, that's a great theory, I think. I think like, maybe he I think is playing syndrome. to the crowd and yep. taking yep. everyone for, yeah, like, taking everyone for a ride, really. Yep, because there's even that, that scene where, you know, Spider-Man – um, without, you know, Peter Parker without the suit on, um, is there on the bridge and gets hit with water and you can hear Mysterio say, you're going to want to stay out of this. So I oh, think yeah, yeah, Mysterio maybe. Yeah. is building that up to where, Hey, I'm going to make it look like I'm a hero to these guys. But in the background, this is actually what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm actually setting everything up. Um, and you know, something big is going on for Nick Fury to show up in London. And get Spider-Man off of his vacation and get him working. Oh, it was only a matter of time, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, if he was already working with Tony Stark, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like, way back, you know, uh, Nick Fury knew about this kid. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Tony now, Stark you, knew about him. Absolutely, Nick Fury knew about him. Now, do you guys think we're going to end up with a uh, Aunt May and Happy coupling? By the time the movie's over with, judging that by that whole awesome. scene in the uh, <laughs> in the homeless shelter. Oh my god, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I definitely, li- I definitely liked the awkwardness of the start of that trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with I Peter just going like, like uh, "What oh, just happened here? What's, what's going <laughs> on? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I just need to leave the room." <laughs> uh, um, I, I would absolutely love that, and. Yeah, the the movie looks great, and and I'm so happy that it's playing off of the Peter Parker and MJ route again too. Um, and I love I love Zendaya. She's I think she brought a really cool corking corkiness to uh, to to Mary Jane. Oh, absolutely! I think that's a definitely good point to point out with the where they're going with MJ because is at first I thought that they were she was just going to be a completely different character just with the name MJ, but it seems like they're more introducing a just new type of spin on the character of MJ, which I'm all for. Yeah. And I love how she's, how she's being written in this story. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fresh and new and, um, and done in a good way. Cause, uh, yeah, the way Zendaya is presenting it, it's, uh, it's, it's fun and interesting. Now, on the heels of you know fresh and interesting and everything with Spider-Man, there was some uh, disappointing news coming out of EA this week that they have canceled not only one but two Star Wars games that were in the mix. Uh, the first one was codenamed Ragtag, which was the game being done by Visceral Games, which was that was pretty far in production. They were already hinting at some aspects to it. You also had uh, codename Orca, which was being done by uh ea's um vancouver one of ea's vancouver teams that worked on battle uh, front um they announced that one was in pre-production so both games canceled uh in its in their place uh ea's vancouver studio is now working on a new star wars game that is going to have a very compressed schedule uh, which with a release date of somewhere fall of 2020 spring of 2021 um to me this screams mistakes of Bioware where yeah. they with Andromeda, I think they wanted to just get something 
for current gen that tied into the Mass Effect world while it was still fresh in everybody's mind, and I think it suffered. Um, Dragon Age uh, Inquisition, same thing. Dragon Age, uh, the first game and the second game, were fantastic games that Bioware, given their own time frame, you know, were able to complete. Whereas Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, it felt it didn't feel complete once I played it. Um, saw it at E3. Um, actually saw it at E3 2014 um, when we were there. Yeah. Um, and I was I was excited then, and then when I played the game, I was disappointed. So um, to hear of Visceral's game being canceled is very disappointing because for Star Wars fans, this was going to be that that new game because you know what was it um star wars what 13 18 or whatever it was um that oh, was yeah, the... um headed up by um amy hennigan uh who was one of the leads on the uncharted project for naughty dog when she left and went up to ea um that was one of the games they were working on and now it, that was canceled this one's being canceled so i i really hope that they finish this off because if they don't you're going to need somebody to step in and really build a truly good Star Wars game. Because in my opinion, the last great Star Wars game we actually really got would have been Knights of the Old Republic. And uh, very, I'm, I'm very happy you didn't say Star Wars Lego. <laughs> I, I would have said Force <laughs> Awakens, man. Force Awakens was really, was really good. It did have it, its plot holes and stuff the way it was done. Um, I still think Knights of the Old Republic was a better game. From a fight mechanic standpoint, though, I do think that Force Unleashed was amazing, just to be able to sit there and or force, attack. Yeah, Force Unleashed, or, sorry. Or Force Unleashed, rather. Um, you know, with the lightsaber attacks and everything, plus coupled with lightning and, and all that route. So I, I did like that, but I still, I, I still love Bioware's original ode to Star Wars with Knights of the Old Republic. So I hope we get something good in this format then moving on to some little bit better news today is days gone which is a playstation exclusive finally dropped its release information today um so you're going to be seeing the game release on april 26th uh and there's a couple of different editions for it um with the pre-orders the game is coming with a voucher to unlock the drifter crossbow and upgrades for three parts of the Drifter bike, which is going to be for the Nitrous, the Gas Tank, and Shroud. Um, also, too, is uh, if you go through the Sony uh, PlayStation Store, you'll get a, a theme like they normally do with all of their games, you know, that you pre-ordered all their big ones. I think it's a dynam- uh, sweet dynamic theme. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, now, there's going to be also a deluxe edition, a digital deluxe edition, which is going to run um, about $70. You're going to get a digital art book, the digital soundtrack, uh, three bike skins, uh, an early skin unlock, or sorry, early skill unlock code, and you're going to get an additional theme. Now, the one that you're looking at, Jerry, is the yeah. collector's edition, which is going to run 140. Uh, which you're going to get a set of patches, a set of decals, a set of pins, a steel book, mm-hmm. uh, the physical soundtrack a art book so it's going to be the physical art book of what they're doing digitally with the deluxe edition and you're going to get a statue which is 
pretty much a statue of what is actually the cover of the game. Sweet. Um, so Jerry with you, what has you so excited about this game now? Because I know at when it was first debuted, we kind of thought it was this walking dead last of us kind of hybrid. And at that point, you know, zombie games were kind of, you know, overdone to that retrospect. True. But it was that exact comparison, which is what got me into it, that it was the kind of you're kind of the character Daryl in a Last of Us universe. Where um, and, and the biggest thing is, I mean, with The Last of Us, you had to worry about people or the clickers and you kind of had to really it was really like a sneaking silent game with this game um with with days gone you could go in sneak in you know make wreak a little, little havoc and then like sneak your way out but some situations that just isn't going to happen cuz like if you make one little noise or one little mistake you know you could have a horde of zombies running towards you and you got to think like quick on your feet. And I like that about this game. Um, it's all about the situations that you get into and it's, and it's very, um, nonlinear. So if you are riding your bike and you notice something, you can get off your bike, use your binoculars and see that like, Oh, there's like a, Two guys have a rope for, on each each side. They're setting a trap. You can spring that trap and then surprise them. So it seemed from from all of the gameplay and all of the trailers that you can kind of make your own make your own decisions in in the game to 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 a respect. So uh, that's what that's what always drew me to the to the game and uh you know it has that last of us like scavenger like equipment is key you have to get sca- you have to scavenge for ammo makeshift your own silencer i love that and that's what i loved about the last of us it just seems like it's going further and and requires more more sense of survival and those games are uh, like yeah those are twice as fun to me well, to me, I hope that this does good things for Sony Ben because honestly, their track record as of late hasn't been great. Um, you know, they did Uncharted Fight for Fortune on the Vita, which was that kind of pseudo card based type of game, which yeah. eh. they did Uncharted Golden Abyss, which in concept, some of it was really nice because you could hold the Vita up and shine the light through the back of it to kind of yeah. do that. But the handling mechanics were terrible. Um, gunfighting wasn't the greatest. The aims, the aiming wasn't accurate. So it was hard to really do any of that thing. And beyond that, they've just done siphon filter. Uh, so I think, I think we really need to see them step up to the plate. And I hope these two delays that they've had, um, have allowed the game to be polished. And to to me, delays are are to uh, look, look like a good thing. I know, I know a lot of people are like, well, they're delaying the game. Something must be wrong. But that also means that they're, they're, they're rechecking it again and again. And I am all for, I was all for the delays when, when, especially seeing the scale of this game and like how much, how much time it probably took. Delays, delays are good to a point. 
You know, like in this True. case, we extended it about six months. At least we're not getting a 10 year delay with like Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> you know, where it's just been like, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, and then finally, but, but hey, here it thing, is. Though. This, uh, this uh, Days Gone doesn't have an established fan base and especially an established crazy fan base for for a game with the highest expectations. I would not want to be in, in, in those shoes for kingdom hearts, like it better perform yep, and it better make as much as everyone thinks it is. Because if it doesn't, that that's going to be the biggest upset and of the gonna, year. It'll be the same thing. Once we finally get final fantasy seven remake, if that is an exactly. standard, it's going to, to do some things. So, because I've been waiting, I'm waiting for both of those games and I'm not as crazy as some of the, some of the other people that I've known. Like they, <laughs> they, like there are people that we know that have been waiting for just kingdom hearts yeah. and they are like, it better not disappoint me. If it does, I'm I, like, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. So like, yeah, the, the, their fans are I, crazy. Yeah. Theo, are you, gonna take a peek at days gone or are you gonna kind of pass on that one and let us kind of give you the reviews on it when we play it i mean i i am open to the concepts i i feel like it being an open world zombie game is a great hit uh especially for it going out on console because i mean we've had uh seven days to die being a huge thing for people that started on the pc that's technically still an alpha still an alpha it's Mm. had 14 different releases and so far it's getting great reviews being open world and everything but it's still a completely different take than what is days gone uh i i'm very interested to see what they're going to go with on with respects to open world i'm I've never been a big open world fan, um, but I definitely respect what they do in order to give appeal to the masses, uh, especially with the versatility of the inventory, the versatility of the make systems, the weapon systems, the uh, being able to have that render uh, works so well amongst a limited type of hardware and everything like that. Because open world is so difficult to compact in such a small package for the console or any platform and deliver such a huge thing for the players. Yeah, and I can I can definitely see that. And for me, um, I'm still a little leery just because there hasn't been a ton we've seen. Really. I mean, it's been, Sony's been kind of quiet about it um i think they didn't know quite how the game is going to be received so um i think that's why they've kind of a little mum on it also with that how do you how do you market something like that really i mean hasn't most of the stuff shown still been the same about about the the same same area and yeah same with the zombies spilling out of the the train um apartment and everything I mean, that's good and all, and it's definitely hitting on some key things that they want to focus on. Great. But you still got to expand. If you're going to share that it's an open world, give us a little bit of that open world. Don't exclude us to this little, like, block area of a warehouse or, um, what is it, a a wood processing plant. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's a. Uh, yeah, I think it's a yeah wood processing plant yeah. for lumberjacks and stuff like that. And then um, yeah, there was the. Uh, uh, they showed like your home base, and then one little town where like you can go and upgrade your bike and trade and get certain like weapons. And then I think there was one little enemy compound that, that they also showed that you can fight and like sneak in and set traps, uh, which I totally agree with you guys. They have not shown a lot, which is very true. I think if they, I I think a lot of people would be a little bit more um, non-hesitant if they showed like, you know, a portion of the map, like this is just a portion of the map. This is what you can do. These are all the areas you can go to. Um, true. And like a lot of, a lot of it's speculation, but I've always been one person to kind of roll the dice when it comes to games, especially when I've seen the trailer or if I've played a little snippet of the game, like Spider-Man, um, <laughs> well, if you want to go over that route, Jerry, I mean, the next game we got revealed today, which is making your wallet scream <laughs> like a million voices and then suddenly being silenced, um, is Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, God. Uh, Ed Boone and the NetherRealm team had a reveal party out in London today. Uh, the game's going to release on April 23rd. We are going to see a lot of of the original combatants back, you know, Baraka, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, uh, Sonya Blade, who it was announced today, Sonya Blade is going to be played by Ronda Rousey. Yep. Um, so. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. She actually came wow. out on stage. She said, is, hey, here I am. She is voicing the character. Um, but, and, but they also announced that she's not the only one. So yes. apparently, uh, I, I don't know if like, un- unless they're like famous voice actors, you know, in the gaming industry, but uh, they did hint that uh you know ronda rousey is the first of other of of uh other actors or voice actors that uh, they will be um uh announcing and showing yep so it's going to have a couple of different additions as well with that um actually let's go run down the list i just pulled it up right now so you're going to have uh gray griffin uh she's going to be katana um she is uh, was Selena Kyle in Arkham City? Okay. Um, she was also the voice of RC in uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Nice. Uh, Tro- uh, Troy Baker, yes, uh, is going to be Striker. Um, really? And his his partner in crime, the one and only Nolan North, is going to be Kano. <laughs> um, this is all. I can see that. I, mean, I can totally. These see. are all listed, kind of as rumors, but honestly, for them to have a full list of this, it's going to be a little bit more than just rumors. Um, you've got uh, Jennifer Hale, who was the voice of Femme Shepherd. Uh, she's going to be a character named Tanya. Uh, Kevin Conroy, the one and only, the best Batman. Oh, really? Is rumored to be the voice of Scorpion. That may ruffle some feathers, because uh, that's not the original voice for Scorpion. Who is the original voice of Scorpion? Let's see if you know your Mortal Kombat. Oh, I don't know that. Ed Boon. I've Ed is Boon's it, the one that does. Is get it over Ed Boon? Oh, he that's did it cool. the original back in the day. So um, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a bad a bad decision at all to have Kevin Conroy do that. Um, I don't think so either. I mean, I'm. Yep. 
And they are using that stuff. I didn't um, really pay attention to. But. It has been confirmed, at least listed on IMDb, that Ed Boon himself is going to be using uh, is going to be voicing part of Scorpion. They're going to use the archive sound from the past games. Um, so specifically, Ed Boon did a lot of that. Get over here. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So famous for Scorpion. Get over here. Um, <laughs> so that is some of the the voices that we're seeing. Um, it looks like Smoke is back. Uh, Cabal, Jax, uh, Kenshi, uh, Shao Kahn, who, if you pre-order the game, uh, you will be able to play as Shao Kahn. Yeah. Uh, Part of the pre-orders. So you're going to have a premium edition that'll come out for a hundred bucks. It's going to be basically the base game plus the combat pack, which is going to be early access to the DLC characters like they did with 10. Um, It's going to give you some extra, um, armor and gear which this one is taking kind of a nod from the uh, sub-zero game and like a soul caliber where you are able to customize your actual combatant you're going to be able to mix and match different pieces of hardware change up your weapon um during the reveal they were showing multiple versions of scorpion where you could change out the mask you change out the swords you could even change out the spearhead yeah um now what your wallet is screaming about jerry is the 300 dollars collector's edition oh god um which is going to come with a steel case uh it's going to have a mortal Kombat emblem magnet that goes right on the front of the case that can be removed but the big thing with this one is it is going to have a one-to-one scale replica scorpion mask god damn that's gonna be awesome which it looks absolutely pretty. Yeah, which they also showed on the reveal. Like it, you, you get a sense of of the size. It is, it's big and it looks amazing. But three hundred dollars. I mean, I, yeah, I know. I mean that that's a two hundred dollar difference between editions, man. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that, is, that really is. Two hundred dollar mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. two and a hundred dollar magnet, gold magnet. Yep. On a steel book. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Yeah. And for that, I mean, honestly, that mask better be gold, you know, flakes all over the front of that thing because $200 for that mask, even though it is a one-to-one replica, I think that's still too much. And I know <laughs> that is a lot of money for collector's edition. I, and but. I, I look back to those $300 edition. Um, what was it? The, was it the middle earth one that had the dragon with it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I want dollars. And honestly, I could still walk into GameStops out here and see that thing on sale. Yeah, on the floor. just the statue or the no, edition? it's the the edition with the statue. Dang. With yeah, it did not sell well. And I think in this day and age too, is when you you have so many people living paycheck to paycheck. I think three hundred dollars is kind of you're asking people to put a dent in theirs. Um, yeah. In the case of Jerry, I mean, you're being asked to. To, to siphon out $450 for two games in the course of two days. I know. That's a lot. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't really justify that. But it's it would be two nice. Two days between Days Gone and Mortal four, Kombat? Oh, three days technically. Um, you've got 423 for Mortal Kombat and 426 for Days Gone. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's a so, lot. I'm I'm intrigued by that uh, that customization system that you're talking about. So, oh, it is. Fantastic. Yeah, they really took it from Injustice. So, so does that end up end up like 
increasing the amount of um, final kill I, deems, I, like, I really that's what they did say on the reveal that um, all like they they even showed like the premium high end uh, items that you can get at the like close to the very end of the reveal and they said that it does each item has a certain level of I guess uh, distinction of attributes and um, uh, I guess like percentage of like power defense. Um, so I think there is, I think each item does give you a, a, a sense of, um, of attributes and, and, uh, and a certain level of like power, like stuff like that. I think they do give you, uh, a little something. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it really gives you the sense of like wanting to collect an entire armor set or, or get a certain premium item Oh yeah, to give and, that much leverage on a, on your next fight, especially was, online too. From what that was said. something, um, Sid Schumann from the PlayStation broadcast tweeted out about, you know, what the game is. And I asked him what I, he thought was the best thing. And one of the things he did state was like the customization. I think customization customization is going to be huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's going to give you a lot more replayability, uh, replayability rather, um, to make you want to keep playing the game. Oh, that's, why, that's why Injustice Two is where it is right now. Like it's still, it's still high up in the in the tournament circuit. Like people still are are destroying that game, trying to get their armor sets. Yep. Now another thing that we got this week, which we have all played, we played at E three. Uh, and we got to play this demo again. So after, uh, about a six month layoff, we got to, we got the resident evil two one shot demo, 30 <laughs> minutes. That's it. Um, it's so funny that they do. It's so funny that they do the one shot. Like, I think that's really, brilliant though. I, I think is. so too. It really is. Cause it like the moment it ended, I, I was like, God, that was not an, like, I really don't no, no, get that. We all said that at E3 too. Yeah. We said that it did not seem like it was 30 minutes. Yeah. Definitely did not seem like 30 minutes. I will not guess that. Because RE2 is definitely one of those games where like you have to, you have to explore and like find items like you and, and certain things around the, like you have to take your time and look for stuff and, um, yeah. But it's so fun being that one, that it's a horror game and, like it, it's really going back to its roots with this game. I mean, yes. it was it was great, even just for thirty minutes. You know, you have that sense of urgency the moment mm-hmm. you get to a an area where you're like it's dark and like there's no light. You know, like oh crap, like and it brought right, back the jump factor. Like, yeah, walk, like oh absolutely, like how far you guys got. But like when I was searching around, you get in that hallway where you see the tongue looker jump across the hallway. Yeah. And that just made me just kind of jump just a little bit. And it's yeah. like, that's what I love about <laughs> the original Resident Evil. Cause I can remember sitting around with my buddy at his place, you know, one of my best friends growing up down the street from me, we, I'd go down, he had a PlayStation. I hadn't gotten one yet. He had just gotten Resident Evil. We sat there and play. And it's like that old load screen where it just shows just the door. Yeah. Open <laughs> up, and you yeah. don't know what's going to jump out on the other side of you. And I think, this brings that back big time. Yeah. Um, and I, unlike E3, I mean, 
Theo and I, we, we ran through it twice um, because Jer- Jerry, with you having the game, the gamers pass, you know, you got in a little bit later. So we went mm-hmm. ahead and did one round, jump back in line um, for that second go around is both times. I never finished the demo. I actually never got to the point where it said, here's the end of the demo. Um, this time around I did. Yeah. 18 minutes, 23 seconds, um, which allowed me, to, I went back and, uh, you know, did a little bit more, did some screenshots for, um, our in-game content creation and stuff, which we got up on crashinggamenight.com. Um, also did a Twitch run through, um, uh, that, you know, some of our followers they can go check that out. If they don't <laughs> feel like doing the demo, they can actually just go watch the demo. Um, I actually kind of cheated a little bit. I checked out some YouTube footage because I wanted to get as much as I could. Oh no! But spoilers! Are you kidding me? No, well, no spoilers. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, man. No, no, I, no. I wanted some sort of like advantage and like check out. Where's the no button? I'm check so out disappointed. I'm no, so well, no, because there were there were the things that like I wanted. I, there were things that I remember from the the original two. Yeah, that I wanted to know. Like, I wonder if this still works. And a few of them did. A few of them still worked. The the two lockers that had uh, the the three letter combo. Those were original. Yep. From RE2. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, yeah. So I got the items from that. I wanted okay. to get the items from there. Like, I was just checking some of the old school, like, you know, some of the things that they still nodded from the first game. I didn't necessarily cheat. I just wanted to. Oh, please. But, Come I mean, on. that's spoilers, though. That's spoilers. It's a, it was, I only no, had 30 no, no, minutes. You're not going to win I this won. argument. You are so not going to win this <laughs> argument. Oh, I, I, I totally, I cheated. Oh, I totally cheated. But I wanted the most... I wanted to get the most out of these 30 minutes, and I did. Okay, so let me ask you a question, because things we were talking about when you were going to go play this game. Did you go to the room with Leon's welcome party and his desk? Oh, see, I wanted to and mention did the that, desk work? Uh, no, because they didn't allow you to do it. The two locks, the two locks yeah. at the desk, they, I, I, well, yeah, you, you didn't get an like, option to put in the code. They didn't yeah. give you the option to put in the, okay. the code. I think they, I think they want that to be what you find in the game because, um, someone, someone figured out the, the combination to the safe in the, in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what the item is and it's, it's okay. But, uh, uh, but the other thing that I found out um, that I actually found out in the weapons locker is like you can open one of the lockers within the demo. Yeah. 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 I, I opened up the locker from the E3 demo. Uh, but speaking of the office, I did notice that they cut out a number of the uh, things that you can interact with with that, that gave backstory. Yeah. There is a lot of the story missing from this demo compared to the E3 demo. Yeah, I think uh, I think because this one was like straight to the public, I don't think they wanted to give too much away from, you know, from what you got from E3 because one, I think I think they appreciated everyone that waited in line and everyone that like wanted Dude, to go because that was a really, long line. That was, was a long line. line. Oh. Especially the way they were letting everyone uh, all of uh, media All the media. Cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the only we, reason we, it, it lasted 3 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, uh, I mean, the half an hour playthrough yeah. that makes sense, but I mean, like we were in there for well, you and I, Matt and I were in there, and we when we beelined it, yep. we still were there for two hours before getting there, even though we were like one of the first 
sets of people there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that line was pretty stacked by the time we even got over there, and we went the, straight from yeah, the door. There were a few things that I noticed they they took out from the the one shot demo, the public one shot demo. Like, um, I know th- there were a few t- there were a few times I, I I felt like I know there was an item right here, or mm-hmm. like the floorboards yeah. you can you can block a window. I found like two of those. I found two of those as well, and um, I was I, only I never able went to find back one in them. the demo. Yeah. Um, did you find the, did you find one of the discs? Um, no, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's that room where you have to use the book to actually do the, the unlock for the disc. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm super excited. Um, you know, I've already got that pre-ordered coming next Friday. You know, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely have to say being one of the people from the outside of this, that I've never played any resident evil. <sighs> I, <laughs> Yeah. Never played Resident Evil. I'm not a big fan of horror games, but playing this is intriguing me a lot. Resident Evil 2 is my favorite out of the Resident Evils, followed right behind it by Code Veronica. Yeah. Really, um, for me, it was uh, it was four. Four, four is right there. Four would be the yeah. third one, and then um, five would be the fourth favorite. Um Resident Evil 1 would rank higher for me if it didn't have the tank controls. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, is it uh, true that 6 was a tank? No, 6 was not a tank. They started using the uh, 4 scheme um, for 5 and 6 and then and 7. Um, now, the nice thing is, is that the reason this is going to look so good, too, is because they are using the same engine from RE7 yeah. to do this game. Mm-hmm. So, and they got um, rid of those... Well, the... I remember, I think it was, which one required a patch? I think it was six that, uh, they did a little, I think they did a little bit more tank controls to where like they took away running, which was a huge deal. And like, yeah, six was a cluster. Yeah, Yeah, it really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is why like, like even seven, I think they, they kind of went like they were like we need to start going back to basics and make this like a horror game again and you know seven was good but I think the they were really leaning towards re re two in the this remake. Yep. Now another thing that happened this week, which um, this kind of will end our show on this note, is the uh, Ace Combat live stream happened. Um, I am super excited for seven to drop. Um, I, it's, it's no secret that Top Gun is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and Jerry, my wingman is like right there. I mean, I mean, Theo has been in there with our black ops three games and <laughs> you got a map, you know, my wife originally trying to call you goose from racing stripes and we turned it into a top gun. Oh, reference. But we a have a new reference. reference for him now too, coming out, which is captain Marvel. The cat is named goose. <laughs> oh. I love it. <laughs> um, so it, that it looks, is awesome. From the live stream, it looks stunning. Um, just the detail in the planes, the detail in the sky, everything. Um, I'm anxious to to play Team Deathmatch. I am actually excited for the battle royale mode. It's going to be eight, you know, eight people all on fighter jets hunting each other down. So it's got that to me, it's got that top gun feel to it where basically you're trying to basically take out the enemy, you know, jets and be the last one standing. Um, they're going to have four VR missions. Um, 
the other nice thing is that for anybody that pre-ordered Ace Combat on the PlayStation, uh, me included, uh, we'll be getting Ace Combat 5, which uh, Ace Combat 5 is my favorite out of all of the Ace Combats to date. Um, with the Rosgreaves, the War Dogs, um, just that story was great. Um, the the way they did the emblems for the planes uh, was fantastic in that as well. Um, for those that have Xbox, uh, they're getting Ace Combat 6, which was previously released on 360. Um, and per a tweet from Xbox's uh, Larry Erb, a.k.a. Major Nelson, um, Ace Combat 6 is joining backwards compatibility as well. So if you have Ace Combat 6 already, you're going to be able to play it on the Xbox One. Uh, and they're also going to be continuing to offer the Ace Combat 6 with purchase of Ace Combat 7 via the Xbox online store uh, for a limited time after the release as well. So you can still continue to pre-order it. Um, you know, it does go live here in about an hour and a half to where it'll unlock for all those people that digitally pre-ordered it. And then you'll be able to pick it up after that. So for me, I am tomorrow when I get home from work, uh, I am going to fire up both five and seven because <laughs> um, I want to be able to just start playing those again. Just I'm still trying to decide, am I going to jump in the F-14 or am I going to go F-18? You know, I, I, I played the F-18 in five, but Jerry knows the F-14 is my favorite jet of all time. That's um, cool, baby going old school you know and it's still <laughs> one of those things that the navy does miss having the f-14 as a as a strike fighter and a fleet defense fighter as well um so i'm definitely looking forward to that um which will go to that and we will uh we'll start writing up a, a review article as soon as we uh get our hands on that uh we'll definitely do some in-game shots i will probably go live on twitch with it as well um we'll for that be uh be doing a review on uh, re2 and you know the differences and the the new new mechanics and like new look obviously for uh for the future as well and uh for further review stuff you know we're gonna have theo as our resident destiny 2 person because frankly i'm not gonna fire that game back up no matter how good forsaken is i will not put that game back on my system you're missing (laughs) out man you're missing out uh, <laughs> how much money did we waste on those games? I mean, seriously. I mean, I mean it, we dropped them almost two hundred dollars on the on Destiny One with all the expansions. We dropped sixty dollars mm-hmm. on the first game on Destiny Two, which to me it's like, okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Try and fool me again. Uh, uh-uh, we're done. <laughs> you know. I mean, and to your point, yeah, because, I mean, you also spent, like, if you wanted those expansions, it was another 20 bucks, yep. which were very lackluster. <laughs> I understand and everything. But, I mean, what, I'm so proud of Bungie being a community-centric developer that they listen to their community and they, they really take do. the advice yeah. and they delivered. Well, and I think to that point is I think the – the divorce from Activision, I think, is going to be a good thing for the Destiny community. Um, but Destiny is going to have a lot of competition coming up, um, which we'll talk on a future podcast. But you've got Anthem coming out in February, okay. which is coming from Bioware. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know how Bioware is with sci-fi stories. They're one of the yeah. best. 
um, regardless of EA getting their hands involved with Mass Effect 3, which, you know, you guys all know how I feel about that ending originally. And that was a bunch of, honestly, it was a bunch of crap to, to go, you know, 120 plus hours across three games and get a two minute ending. That was like, (laughs) so, um, and then we know how, I mean, Andromeda, I've tried playing it. I may go back to it again because I picked it up on a, on a flash sale for like eight bucks. I will not. Um, I will, I will try it again. Um, we'll see how the rest of the game is, but, um, just correct me if I was, if I'm wrong, you didn't even bother like putting the full time into that demo when it first came out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I played the demo I and I, I even pre-ordered it and, and, uh, I was so close to buying it, but I just can do it. Yeah. After so, all of those reviews and like after watching more and more and then playing it, trying it again from a friend, I was just, I was so disappointed. Yeah. I may try it. I mean, it was eight bucks. I mean, so it, Still to me, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. You know, I won't, I won't do dragon age inquisition again. I, I played about 15 hours into that and I basically took it out of my system, uninstalled it, deleted my saves and traded that game in because I thought it was under trash. <laughs> um, but then also the other game that's going to compete with destiny coming up here in March, which Jerry, you and I are looking forward to is division two. Which, that, that is, oh, that is our, that is our destiny. That's our destiny. That's um, your destiny. But I, I will admit, from what we played at E3, I'm pretty excited about Division Two. You know, and, and the thing is, Jerry and I went back to Division One after taking some time off, and Division One, with all the new stuff added to it, I think was really well done. It, I think, I compare, I would compare Division One to Drive Club, where when it it released, it didn't release to its full potential and it took quite a bit of time to get it to where it needed to go um i think just at that point though division one had just pushed off a lot of a lot of fans a lot of players because frankly to get further into the game get the better gear you had to go into the dark zone and in the dark zone in that pvp area you had teams of people that were just sitting there and basically being jackals and, and waiting for somebody to come up and try and do the extraction point, and they would come in and kill them and take all their stuff. Mm-hmm. So it some, kind of, some some that was their whole that was their whole job. That's all they ever wanted to do. Yep. And that just ruined the entire experience for a lot of players, including us. And it's just like I kind of that's where I kind of feel like I want to give it another chance, kind of like Destiny. You know, like. It's the same situation. Ubisoft is is somewhat in the same boat and does the same thing, which is great. That they really did listen to uh, the players and the people for this second game around. They were like, "We've listened to you. We understand what what the problems were, and uh, you know this is what we're doing to correct it." So f- after that demo, I am definitely I'm definitely in the process to like forgive. And try out. I'm I'm not getting a collector's edition, whatever you know, or gold edition, whatever they're trying to do. Well, but I'm that watch you got though, that watch you got was freaking awesome. That was for the first one. I still have it. I yes. still wear it. You know, <laughs> but it's from the first game. Yeah. Where's the game? You know, like I I don't really even play that anymore. And it yep. was supposed to be like 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 you, Theo. That was supposed to be my kind of like 
like Destiny, my 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 team based game that I would like try and get on once a week, and it just it just really disappointed, you know, yeah. for the first game. So the second game, I'm really hoping. I'll give know, them. Delivers. I'm going to give Ubi sixty bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, I spent I only spent a hundred dollars the last time on division just so i could get the expansions and everything um the gold edition right yeah the gold edition um i think this time around i'm only going to go 60 just because originally they said that you were supposed to get the first year free for all the dlc but now they're coming out saying that there is going to be a pass so yeah i think for me i'm just going to go with 60 do the base game see how it is um frankly i'm i'm all about that sniper with that little drone um, which you guys got to play other characters. The sniper was awesome. Uh, I've, I've got my patch, you know, from E3 that I love. I need to figure out some place to put it. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely be, uh, come March, we'll definitely be doing our reviews of destiny. Um, yeah. I, I know we're all up in the air on Anthem. So, um, you know, you just said reviews of destiny in March, right? Oh, <laughs> Yes. Oh, reviews of division. <laughs> yes. Yeah, division. division and anthem. Yeah, we'll do division in uh yeah, so we'll definitely do the, the division two in March. Probably anthem maybe. Um Theo, you buy everything, so you'll probably get anthem and play it. So um, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by Anthem. I'm a little more excited for Division Two uh from the team aspect that we played at E three. You had to be coordinated, uh, yeah. that's for sure. Yes, that yeah. helps out a lot. Um, and with uh, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, doing some co-op with my buddies, like you guys, because like uh, like even though I'm still on Destiny, I'm still a solo player on Destiny. There there mm-hmm. isn't a group that I play with, and sometimes I, I gotta miss that. And I'd want to definitely have something exciting to do. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, with that being said, uh, I do want to thank everybody for crashing game night with us. Um, if you like what you heard tonight, please let us know. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Thank you everyone. And, uh, yeah, please follow us. And, uh, it's great talking to you. Thanks guys. All right. Have a good night, fellas.